0: All right, confession time. I have never cruised, and I can't say that I've ever considered cruising either. I also don't know anyone who has cruised. Do you know anyone who's cruised, Katie? No. So everything I think about cruising is based off of pure conjecture. One thing I've observed on travel forums is that people seem to like really get hooked on cruising. Like I'll see people post and say, I'm going on my 80th cruise this week. It blows my mind. So welcome back to i Pack My Bags. I'm your host, Erin. Today I'm joined by Jessica, who also hosts a podcast called Pubhub. Do you want to tell us about the podcast?
1: Uh, yeah, it launched in at the end of February. So we have about um, probably 10 episodes up by the time this, this airs, I would guess. Um, and it's all about the behind the scenes look at the publishing industry. So we have authors, we have agents, we have... Uh, people who work in literary magazines and they just talk about what it's like to work in the industry and what's happening in the industry. Awesome. Well, Jessica's going to talk to us
0: about her cruising expertise. So welcome. Erin, do you have any, uh, I know you have an announcement right now. So yeah, it's an important announcement. So many of our listeners know I am allergic to peanuts. So is Katie. And so traveling with a peanut allergy sucks. And The worst part is flying because airlines are such dicks about it. So I'm really happy to announce that EasyJet announced this week that moving forwards, all their flights will be nut free, not just peanuts, like all nuts. Um, And this is really great and makes total sense because recently a child died on an airline flight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from peanuts. So this is really good news. I thought you guys would appreciate knowing. All right, let's get into it. Jessica, can you tell us your background and why you're an expert in cruising?
1: Okay. Uh, So um, I started out when I was younger. I wanted to be a performer. And uh, when I was a teenager, I found out that a really good way to make money as a younger new performer is to go work on cruise ships. So from the time I was like 16, 17, I was like, one day I'm going to work on a cruise ship. And then I never applied. And then... uh, Fast forward to about 10 years later, I had just returned from living in New York, I didn't know what I was doing, and I thought, I'm going to apply to work on a cruise ship. So I ended up uh, working as an entertainment staff member on Carnival Cruise Lines. I did two contracts with them. Um, Entertainment staff means that I ran quizzes, I ran events, um, so anywhere from like 10 guests to 1,000 guests at my events. Um, I mostly was a karaoke host, I was the comedy club manager for a while and uh did various other tasks and also did a lot of herding of guests as part of my job uh and i worked in the caribbean out of three different ports so i did a six-month contract out of new orleans then i did uh two months of a contract out of la and then the rest of that contract i did out of miami
0: whoa and so when you say Six months. Does that mean for that full six-month contract you are on a ship?
1: I was living on a ship working every day for six months. You don't get a single day off in my department. And so oh. you. it's pretty exact six months. So my first contract was from like February 25th to August 25th or something like that. So it's like a full six months.
0: Whoa. And had you ever been on a cruise as a guest?
1: No, I had never been on a cruise ship before. Um, so I as many people do, imagined what it, what a cruise ship was like. And then as I worked there the first couple of weeks and months, I sort of figured out what cruising is actually like.
0: Can you tell us what you imagined cruising would be?
1: Um, somewhere between Breaker High and the Love Boat, I think was my sort of <laughs> estimation of what being on a cruise ship was, which was not entirely wrong in some ways and was very wrong in others. Um, I sort of thought that it was... Um, Closer to which I was kind of right about kind of closer to an all inclusive rather than make your own vacation kind of like traveling around Europe. So um, I didn't realize how scheduled it was, um, but in terms of the sort of activities you do, the sort of ports you go to, I was pretty pretty on par with what it, with what it actually was.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think that people when they go on a cruise? think of it as traveling or do they really think like no I'm cruising
1: um I think that it depends on the guest I think that there's lots of different reasons that people take cruises um I think there is definitely a faction of guests who who think of it more as like traveling and visiting new countries it depends on where in the world you're going um a Caribbean cruise is much different than like a European cruise or a world cruise or something like that um there's guests who come just to shop. That is their main reason to cruise. Um, on the ship? Yeah. Well, one of the biggest art dealers in the world works on cruise ships. So there's art auctions all week on cruise ships and they sell thousands and thousands of dollars of art. So there are people who come for that because there's some artists that are only represented by that art dealer. And then they'll ship $20,000 worth of art home that they bought on the cruise ship. Um, so there's there's. Shopping experts, and there's shopping places in each port that are people who want to buy jewelry. A lot of the, those people can get cheaper jewelry from cruise ships. And then there are people who come to gamble, there are definitely people who come to drink. There are lots of like bachelor bachelorette parties on cruise ships, so there's that sort of thing. And then there's families, and then there's people who want to explore and do the excursions and all of that sort of thing. So there's, it's, it's a large mix. There's also a large group of retired people. It's actually cheaper to cruise than live in a retirement home in a lot of places, um, per day. If you like break down the per day. So there are people, there are older people who live on cruise ships and they just go like from cruise ship to cruise ship. Whoa. Yeah.
0: Aww. Okay. So there's casinos on the ship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The gambling's like a big part of it. Um, So ships broken up into uh, the makeup of of most ships is kind of has two long um, guest kind of public areas. So you have somewhere around like deck four, you have um, like a promenade deck, which has a giant casino in the middle, shops on one side, usually um, possibly like a, a back pool or something like that on the other side. And then you have your Lido deck, which has like the big pool area and... Um, sometimes the spas up there and stuff like that. So, yeah, the whole middle of one floor is usually casino.
0: Whoa. It sounds like a very commercial experience to me.
1: Yeah, it's it's a little bit, like, vegas in some ways. Like, um, it's kind of supposed to be, like a floating, like, fun, you know, anything you want to have fun sort of an experience. So there's a lot to do. Um, That's partially commercial because, like, they have people... You have things called sea days, which is an entire day where you don't port, so you're on the boat for the entire day. So there's two different things. One, they have... Thousands of guests who need something to do, so and you they can't spend money anywhere else. So like you want to make them spend money with you, and you have to entertain them for the entire day. So you have to offer enough for them to do that they're not going to get bored on an, an entire day on at sea. So yeah.
0: How crowded are they?
1: Not really that crowded. Well, during the kind of like day to day living, the cruise ships pretty big. Um, the ones that I were on were usually anywhere between like 12 and 16 stories tall. And they're pretty long. They're like a football field length. So um, the ones that I were on were roughly around 3,000 guests, 1,500 to 2,000 crew. So about 5,000 people are on board. And you think that that would mean like you're, you know, in a crowded space all the time. But it's not really because there's so many different areas for people to go to that – if you go to, like, the comedy club, yes, there's going to be 600 people trying to get into the comedy club all at once. And, like, I had karaoke's that had seven or 800 people at them. Um, karaoke's very, very popular on cruise ships. Whoa. Um, and getting on and off the ship, you're going to be like, oh, my God, there's so many people because everybody's trying to get through this. Think of, like... The end of a flight of like trying to get through one set of doors with like two hundred people. So times that by ten, and that's what's get, what getting off of a cruise is <gasps> like. That
0: gives me major anxiety. Yeah. So
1: there's little things like that that are that are you're like oh wait now I remember how many people are here. But when you're like walking down the hall, it like doesn't, it doesn't it, feel it, it feels like you're walking down a street in Toronto. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. So what were your first impressions? Like your first cruise.
1: Um, I had a like really it? I had a really interesting uh, this is kind of a funny story a really interesting start to my cruise experience first I have to say that um, me cruising was uh, a lot of people thought it was a really dumb idea because I almost drowned three times as a kid <laughs> so people were like why are you doing this to yourself <laughs> um, oh. so yeah so already I was like is this a good idea um, my second thing was the the interview process for getting a cruise ship job is like I went to um, a hotel by the airport and there was like a Toronto interview. interview and then I got emailed my like papers after I got hired and then they're like okay go to the airport fly to New Orleans and we'll like put you up in a hotel the night before, and then we'll drive you to the ship. So in my mind, I'm like, I'm about to be trafficked. Like, I was like, there's, I've never really, like, I have no real proof that this is, you know, like, it's not like going to the carnival building downtown. Like, I was just getting on a plane, right? So I was a little scared there that I was like, how am I, how do I know if this is legitimate? So luckily that it it turned out fine. It was actually carnival. So when I got to the hotel, I was like, um, because it was right after I had moved to New York, I was like a little bit. More Okay with like taking giant leaps like that so um, I was pretty excited but the week before I got on my first ship I don't know if you guys remember when this happened a carnival ship um, lost power in the Gulf of Mexico and was stuck there for like four or five days and the toilets backed up and like everybody was trapped on the ship for like four days and that was a carnival ship. And that happened literally, like, a week before I got on my ship. So, um, again, I was like, what, what are you doing? Like, why are you making this decision? So I was a little, like, I was still excited because I knew that that was, like, a rare, weird thing that had happened. But um, when I got on my ship, there were actually a few crew members who got transferred from that ship who had just, like, lived through that. So um, I was really excited. Um, it's because cruise ship staffs are so small – no one can really, like, train you the way that you get trained at Jobs on Land where you're, like, shadowing someone for a week. I literally had one day where they're, like, you can come with me to my activities. And then the next day I had my own schedule. And they were, like, here, go lead, cru- or go lead quizzes. And I was, like, okay. And, like, I had guests showing up and I had to, like, do my job. But I really had, like, one day to figure, figure out that sort of thing. Wow. And then, um, so, like, that was very much, like, think on your feet and, like, fake it till you make it sort of a thing. The part that I wasn't actually kind of like, I knew in the back of my mind that it was going to be a part of it, but I didn't realize how responsible each crew member is, is safety on ships. Mm -hmm. We have like weekly safety drills. We have to take a test when we get on the ship to like, make sure we know what all like the distress signals are. We have to know like, whole bunch of different information about everything to do with the ship just in case like there's any any sort of emergency Mm -hmm. Um, you're given like a muster position which is like if there's an emergency the lifeboat that you're sort of partially in charge of and all of that stuff so learning all of that when you get on your first ship it is a little daunting Mm because you have to pass that test and if something were to happen you are actually responsible for other humans and so that sort of part of it I was a little like oh this is this is a lot of a lot of pressure right when you first get on, but you figure it out. How much downtime do you get? Um, again, it depends on your job. Um, because I was entertainment staff, you're supposed to be scheduled for about 40 to 50 hours a week. And then stuff adds on to that sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. Um, if you miss a port, so if you have like bad weather and you can't actually port somewhere, that means your whole day is screwed and you're working the whole day because right. an extra sea day for entertainment means you are you are on, you have to entertain them. So sometimes my weeks would go up to you know, 60, 70 hours a week. Um, sometimes we would be a little bit overstaffed. So I would have a few weeks where I would only be working like 30 hours a week. It really depends on what your staff situation is like and, and all of that. Um, the one thing that's very different from working on land is that they can find you because if you're not, you know, like it's not like you went anywhere. So <laughs> if they need someone to work in 20 minutes, like you're working in 20 minutes, and unless you're sick, you can't really say no. Yeah. So even your own time is not really your own time. So right, yeah.
0: Right. And how does it work visa wise?
1: Um, you get a what's called a B two visa. It's like a U S. Um, visa to work on um. On the ship, which I'm guessing is different depending on which country you're home ported out of. Mm-hmm. And then it works for your entire cruise. Um, I had to leave. The, like, I couldn't stay in the U.S. without leaving the country. So a lot of people who want to kind of vacation in the U.S. and who are not American after their cruise will fly to, um, like, the Bahamas for 20 minutes so that they can come back in as a regular oh, citizen. Good. Or you can file papers um, to turn it into a visitor visa. But if you do that, then you can't work for the last like two days of the cruise. So you have to like plan in advance. So I actually did that for my second contract, which is kind of nice because I got to be a guest for like the last like day and a half because I wasn't allowed to work.
0: Nice. So <laughs> Wow, that was a lot. There's like a lot going on on these cruises. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's a different, it's definitely a different um, traveling experience than anything else. Yeah. Um, It's, it, I get the question a lot is kind of like, What's it like? Or, like, who who should cruise? Who is it, like, designed for? And I think it's more closely connected to, like, um, all-inclusives than it is to to sort of planning your own trip. I think the perfect person to cruise who hasn't before is someone who gets a little bit bored at all-inclusives and wants different stuff, um, but doesn't – it's okay with, like, scheduled – days and doesn't want the freedom of like planning your own full like week because you do get to see different countries you get a lot of different choices of what you do in each port so you can do everything from like walk around and shop to have like adventures and go ziplining and all of that Mm -hmm. to having like cultural experiences in different places so it's really open for whatever you want to do it's just that you're spending usually most of your evenings and a couple of full days on the ship. So you need to be the type of person who who will be able to be entertained by stuff. It, it was kind of good for me because I don't really like sitting on the beach. I get very, very bored. Mm-hmm. So... Um, when we went to port, I mean, when as a crew member, when you go into port, your priorities are different than guests. So your priorities is usually internet to talk to your family <laughs> and like going to the grocery store because the food on ships is not great. So you want to <laughs> get yourself like snacks and internet is what you want. Guests always try to like follow a crew. They're like, "Where are you going?" And we're like, "Not somewhere you want to go. I'm literally <laughs> going to sit in a internet co- cafe and try to call my mom for six hours." You
0: don't get Wi-Fi on the ship. Um,
1: Wi-Fi exists. It's extremely expensive. Oh. It's like basically the speed of dial-up, and it's ten cents a minute. Whoa. So um, you cannot download a movie. Like every crew member. Um, this is kind of like how people think of, I always think of how you think of jail where like there's different like commodities that you trade, you know, in jail, but on cruise ships, it's hard drives. So portable hard drives full of movies is the like hottest commodity because when a new person comes on the ship, if they've worked on ships before, the first thing you ask them is like, what new movies did you bring with you? Do you have the, do you have the newest Marvel movie? Do you have this? And like, yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a different, wow, like, it's a very sheltered I life. I
0: that. I thought like that ships would have. Full Wi-Fi access Yeah, for you,
1: you'd also think that they would give it to their crew for free, but they don't. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. Okay, last
0: question. This is an important one. Mm-hmm. Do cruise ships ever forget people on land?
1: Forget is not the right word. Leave people on land <laughs> yeah. every single port.
0: What happens? Um,
1: so what happens is people don't plan ahead, and they think that a cruise ship's going to sit there and wait for them. <laughs> it is thousands upon thousands of dollars to stay in a port late, because... There's specialized people who help you get in and out of ports, and a lot of the ports have more than one ship in them every day. So if you're late, you're throwing off their whole schedule and you're you're paying for those people. So... Um, cruise ships will wait for, I've seen, I've seen our ship wait for over an hour for people before, but eventually they have to go. They can't, they can't wait forever for people cause it's, it's just too much money. So, um, I've seen people running after ships before and it's just usually because they didn't like pay attention to the time. And yeah. sometimes it's because they went on excursions and something happened and, Another thing is a lot of guests, we have like a cruise card that's your, it's kind of like your little like credit card slash room key when you're on the ship. People will try to get off the ship with that as their only ID. We're like, you're in Mexico. Like, what if if you get hurt? Like, the hospital's not going to accept your carnival card as your like official (gasps) ID. And they get really mad. They'll be like, why? I don't want to go back to my room and get my driver's license or get my passport. And we're like, but don't you? Like, something could happen to you. And they... Oh, my God. Like, there's a lot of guests who don't even register that they're in a different country because they got on the ship, like, in America. They're Americans. And then they get off and they just think that, like the entire country is like owned by Carnival I don't know but like they think that like we're going <laughs> to we're going to follow them around and help them no matter where they go but how so. do you keep
0: track of who isn't back on the oh, ship Oh so
1: you have to tap on tap off when you get on and off the ship okay. everybody does like I had a card as well so we they have they can see how many people tapped out but didn't tap back on right. so they'll say like these 10 people are missing and If they kind of know those 10 people are together, they'll be like, okay, well, maybe they're on an excursion. They like try to find them or whatever. But if there's like four people left and they don't know what happened to them and we've already waited an hour and a half, they also do have someone in every port who, if someone does get left behind, there's someone to help them. They have to do it at their own expense and they can either be sent, like have someone help them go home or go to the next port to catch the ship. But Like so, it's not we're like we're like bye. You're on your own. There is someone there to like help them, but like we can't. You you can't just sit there and wait for like six hours for someone and hope that they're coming back. So they're just stuck. Yeah, people have run after the ship before (laughs) and not gotten on it. Like it
0: must cost them thousands of dollars. Yeah,
1: I I mean like I I don't feel bad at all really for them because like I mean. If it's legitimately not their fault, that that sucks. But like most of the time it's because somebody got drunk and wasn't paying attention to the time and it like fell asleep on the beach.
0: I, whenever I travel, I get so scared. Like when buses stop, I'm like, I have to keep my eye on that bus. Like, yeah. cause I saw it happen in India and Southeast Asia. Buses just leaving and like people running after the bus yeah. screaming like my luggage. Yeah. yeah. That's why
1: I always say like, if you're someone who doesn't like schedules, don't cruise. Yeah. Cause like, it's, if like, especially like if you get nervous about like times and that's going to ruin your vacation because you're looking at your watch all the time, cruise ship is not for you. Yeah. Alright, so I wanted to get the opinion
0: of a cruise lover, one of these people I mentioned before who, like, keep going back for more. So I took to the internet and I hit up a good old Quora, the land of questions and answers. So here's the best summarized response that I found. It's actually, like, very well explained and written. So this was a response to a very direct question, why do people love cruises? And Michelle Gougie, I don't know if I said her name right, but that's my best, best try. She wrote about why she loves them. Nicely numbered. Number one, it's an easy way to see lots of places.
1: Do you see lots of places? Um, I think that that one is, uh, I would put like an asterisk next to that one because I think you do go to different countries I don't know if I would count it as, like, seeing, seeing that it. country the way that, like, if you... It's kind of similar to, like, an all-inclusive. You get, like, this the, this little section. A glimpse. Yeah, a glimpse. And you can take excursions that will bring you further into the actual country. But a very small percentage of guests, actually, actually I would say, immerse themselves in those countries. That's more for Carib- the Caribbean. I think that European cruises probably is a little bit different mm-hmm. um, because... A lot of Caribbean countries, I think people are scared and with reason in some of them and some of them not as much, but to venture out further than like those cruise areas on their own. So, so yeah, it it depends, but yeah.
0: Okay. She also says she likes it because she can join the crowds. She meets people from all over. She can also just settle into a quiet corner with her book. Um, she writes that boats are very large and they are full of nooks and crannies. So it's easy to escape. Plus I always get a room with a balcony. So if I get two people out, there's nothing more relaxing than looking at the ocean go by.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that one. Um, there's so much to do on a cruise ship. Um, The entertainment staff literally their only job is to like make sure everyone's having fun you will never see an entertainment staff in a public area without a smile on their face it's like against the rules so um and uh like yeah like and people get really crazy about the activities like i've had i've witnessed like close to fistfights over ping pong before i've had (laughs) shouting matches over over quizzes Um, I have a a relatively funny story, uh, was terrifying for me at the time, but, um, it's, it's funny now, um, where I was doing a sports trivia and the sports trivia was in the sports bar. So it was a week long trivia. It was a cumulative trivia. So I had these bros, these guys who were playing with me all week. They loved it. Um, they thought I was funny because I know nothing about sports. So I kept butchering names and like, I was like, and every single time I would butcher a name, I'd be like, it's the Canadian pronunciation of that player's name. <laughs> and they'd be like, no, it's not. You just know nothing about football. I'd be like, accurate. I know nothing about football. <laughs> um, and I was like, and I of course got all the hockey players names, right? Um, so I was playing with these guys all week. And then the last day, the final coincided with like an, uh, like March Madness game or something like that. So th- there was a bunch of guys who were there who wanted to watch the game that were not part of my trivia. And I was like, I'm going to turn the TVs off for like 20 minutes to play my trivia. <laughs> they lost it. Oh, no. Lost it. Like we're screaming at me like you would have thought they had bet their entire house on this game. But I literally had to have eventually a line of my guys in front of me who were like playing with me all week being like, can you step away from her? Like you stop like yelling. And I had to negotiate with like my boss on one phone and like these guys to only switch half the TVs. And I was going to take the sound because I needed the sound for my trivia. But like I had to do it as quickly as possible. I wasn't allowed to do like my tallying of scores and my announcements in the room, we all had to move to a different room so that we could get out of their space as soon as possible. Like I felt like it was like a hostage situation that I was like negotiating. Like my (laughs) boss was like, is this really happening? Are you really? And then the best part was that the guy was like, I'm going to call your boss. I was like the boss that I'm talking to, who's on my side, do you want to talk to him? (laughs) And like, it was like, people are very invested in, in like cruise activities. Whoa. There was another time where I had another cumulative cruise where going into the last day, I lost everyone's scores, <laughs> and I was like walking the trivia. I was like, "Oh crap! I don't know who's winning. I don't know what's so." I- <laughs> In like, luckily, I thought quickly, and I was like, "Let's just have a reminder. What was your score? And like, where were you?" And they all just were like, "I had ninety six points." I was like, "Great!" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, you all got your scores right. We all know where we're sitting." But they would have killed me. They would have legitimately killed me if I had lost their score. So
0: oh, that's amazing. Um, okay. Michelle says that the food is excellent. Um for guests. Yes. <laughs> she also says you unpack only once. There's no packing or an unpacking even though you're going all over the place. It's a valid point. It I is. Feel. And it,
1: I think it's a very big pro for cruises because, uh, yeah, you it's a floating hotel. So you just get dropped off in a new country every day. Here, go have fun. And it's very low maintenance yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Um, always lots of entertainment. we yep. covered that. Yep.
0: And this was the most interesting uh, thing she says. I thought, since it is like a self-contained village, albeit a floating one, it's like its own little world. For me, that makes it really feel like a total getaway. I can relax on a cruise, which isn't always the case on other
1: vacations. Yeah. And, um, we have something called, uh, that we used to call cruise brain, which is, or like t- vacation brain, which is people turning off their brain. Cause <laughs> the most common, I, I like I'm not joking about this at all. The most common question you get on cruise ships is do these stairs go up? No. People, can I get to my room from here is another one of my favorites. Do you live on the ship? You get at least like six <laughs> times a cruise. You're like, no, they fly us in every single day to do activities for you and then fly us back. Like, <laughs> like people just they're on vacation. They, they total brain shutdown. They don't want to think about anything from their life. Um, Does this elevator go to the front of the ship? Is another one of friends. I was like, yes, it's the Willy Wonka elevator. It goes wherever you want. Um, but people will ask you these questions with a totally straight face. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do these stairs go up is my favorite. My favorite question.
0: Okay, um, so the only anecdote that I have related to cruising is from when I lived in Venice, Italy, um, which I'm sure you know is a super super popular yeah. spot yeah. for Mediterranean cruises. So, I I knew the days and the times that ships would arrive because the city would become a, like an, an insane asylum. Like it mm-hmm. was insane. Just so 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 many people. So I'd be like, okay, Cruz is gonna show up at one o'clock. Like I have to grocery shop uh in the morning today, otherwise I won't be able to do it. Yeah. Because yeah. it'd be so crowded, it would just be too frustrating trying to get around the city because that like I'm sure you know that city has really small streets. Yeah. Um if there's traffic jams, like too many people in Venice, it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um and I would avoid like specific areas of the city, which is really interesting, like in retrospect, because uh, Piazza San Marco is the famous square. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever spent time there when I was living there. Yeah. And in contrast to other parts of the city, like I lived kind of on the outskirts of Venice. It was a completely different world, quiet and people, it would really bother me because people would come to Venice and say, oh, I don't like it. It's so crowded and smelly and it's just too hectic and busy. And that wasn't the real Venice. It was because of these friggin' cruise ships Mm -hmm. that would drop off like thousands of people. Yeah. I definitely developed a bit of a prejudice against cruise ships. Not the people on them, just like the act of the cruise I would be ship. okay if
1: it was the people on them. Honestly, <laughs> I have a bit of a prejudice against some of them. So. <laughs> uh,
0: but then it was also in Dubrovnik, Croatia, where I distinctly remember cruise ships being a thing because I was staying in this like cute little hostel outside of the old town and the hostel staff were like, if you want to go into town, you have to go first thing in the morning. If you go in the afternoon, it's going to be a mess like Mm -hmm. go in the morning so even like tour it it, and it's kind of wild to think that that like it actually bothers tourists like i was a tourist being warned to avoid a space because of that and it's interesting i bring that up because both those cities are now introducing restrictions on cruise ships so we'll get into that a little bit later So now we're going to shift gears and talk a little bit about over tourism to relate to the larger conversation around cruising. Um, So an article from the website and company Responsible Travel phrased it really well. Over tourism occurs when there are too many visitors to a particular destination. Too many is obviously a subjective term. Um, but it's defined in each destination by local residents, hosts, business owners, and other tourists. So when rent prices push out local tenants and make way for holiday rentals, that's an example of a way that over-tourism can happen. Um, or when there are roads become jammed with tourist vehicles, that's also over-tourism. Or when wildlife is scared away, when tourists like can't view um, landmarks because of the crowds. Um all signs of over tourism, which I've definitely experienced, um, and all my examples are Europe. Mm-hmm. Europe, in my experience, is awful for over tourism nowadays. We were in Paris earlier this year, and we there were like multiple times that over bothered us. We didn't go to the what's it called, like the underground crypts. Mm-hmm. Do you know about those? Yeah. yeah, We really wanted to see them. And we got there, and the line was three hours long. Yeah. And people wait in these lines. And we were like, we're only here for 48 hours. I'm not going to spend three hours of my day standing in the rain. To spend an hour inside this site. Like, I'd rather sit in a cafe.
1: Yeah, I've heard the same thing about uh, Versailles that oh, yeah. the wait is too long yeah. for what it actually is. Versailles. And, is and awful. every single room is so crowded that you don't even really get to experience it. Yeah, that was actually
0: yeah. another example I was gonna give because Versailles was a place that I was so excited to see mm-hmm. and it was ruined. It was yeah. honestly ruined because I just couldn't experience it.
1: Yeah, uh, I'd just be nervous at all the people taking selfies around just like yeah. priceless artifacts.
0: Totally, yeah. and I was going to bring that up too. So, same trip in Paris, um, we were literally trying to find like ways to avoid over tourism. We were like, "Let's go to the Louvre. It's huge. No, don't have to wait in a line." Like it was raining, so it made sense. And while we were in there, I was like, my two friends had seen the Mona Lisa, but I hadn't. So yeah. I insisted that we go and see it, and it was <laughs> pure insanity. I've never seen so many people like around a paint like you couldn't see it yeah I had to push for like 20 minutes to get up to the front all these phones are like whacking me in the head it was just like not the experience you would expect to have when seeing like a priceless piece of art yeah
1: it's so uh, strange to me, that mindset of like, I'm going to push for 20 minutes to take a picture of a picture, and that's like the whole thing I'm going to do when I get up there. It's yeah. like, all right, well, there that picture of a picture is on the internet already if you really want it. Yeah, but, like
0: I can see it in yeah. better detail online than yeah. I can in person. Yeah,
1: Or you could just look at it with your actual eyes and like experience what you actually came here to experience.
0: Yeah, so many cities in Europe have reported issues around over-tourism, including Barcelona, London, Dubrovnik. Um, and it's become such a divisive issue in Amsterdam that now it's one of the key debating points in upcoming city council elections. And I have Dutch family, so I know this for a fact, that I'm, people vote based on that.
1: I'm going there this summer. My entire Ooh. family's Dutch, so we're going for two weeks. No way! Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're talking about this after the yeah.
0: podcast, because I'm going to tell you. Like, I come back after my trip. Yeah. Um, have you experienced
1: over-tourism? Uh, definitely. Um, I think in different ways because I was in the Caribbean as like, I, I talked a little bit about kind of the setup that cruise ships have made in the different ports and, um, with all the shopping, they kind of, in a lot of the bigger ports, they've now created their own little, like, it's kind of like a strip mall, like right when you get into the port of like a bunch of shops and a few restaurants and stuff like that. Um, And then the rest of the country is, and it's all like bright and pretty and new. And then the rest of the country is kind of like on the other side of that. And, and you can go if you want and, and not. So um, I have kind of like two different opinions about it. Um, I think that a lot of the places that, that these cruise ships are going to, people wouldn't go to otherwise. And there wouldn't be a whole lot of tourism, which means there wouldn't be a lot of money coming in from that tourism. So I think that there is, it is helping those communities in a way Um, it's just, it's also kind of bringing in their own things and probably closing down local things in the, in the process. So I think that it's a double-edged sword in that sort of way. What were your
0: observations when you pulled into like the same ports over and over again, if any?
1: Um, well, like I said, like the, the cruise priorities in ports are a little bit different. When you go into ports, like once a week, you kind of, are, feel a little bit safer to go a little bit off the beaten trails and explore a little bit more and you see a little bit more of the locals um which can be great and can be you can see a little bit more behind the veil is that the the thing of things so like i got to meet a lot more like locals and go into local restaurants and eat a lot more local food which is amazing but you also see um how locals are interacting with guests in different ways like Um, A few ports, you'd have people who were selling stuff, like locals who were selling stuff. And um, sometimes you'd see them and you'd see only children. And you'd be like, oh, they're orphan children or whatever. And then the next week you'd come and they'd have like parents. And then the next week you'd come, they'd have different parents. And so it's, it's probably like families who are sending who's going out today and that sort of stuff. But you see a little bit more of that whole like... Manipulation of trying to manipulate the guests, but also people who likely could use that money. And there's thousands of people coming in with American dollars. There's there's flip sides of that sort of thing as well. So yeah, there's definitely people who are to take advantage um, on the local side, and there's definitely like a lot that the cruise ships are taking advantage in yeah. in ports. So you you see both sides of it. But it was really interesting to to be a crew member because they're when locals see you often enough, they treat you differently than the guests that they're... So they're not trying to sell stuff to you as much because they know they can't get away with right. some of the things and yeah. stuff. So yeah, it is a different experience.
0: And that observation, I would argue, is true like of anyone as a tourist in any country. It's certainly been my experience. But I think the difference is that... It's very easy for the locals to identify that someone's come from a cruise. And because you've just stepped off ship and you're only on land for however many hours, you don't have, you haven't spent enough time there to figure out how much you should pay for it. Like, for example, in India, eventually we realized, okay, a bottle of water should never be more than 10 rupees. Mm -hmm. And once you learn that, you'll never pay more than 10 rupees. But in the beginning, we were paying like 30 rupees for water. Yeah. It's a learned thing as you travel and I could see cruising being a disadvantage in that area because it's much easier to take advantage of someone who has no idea what yeah. the price for something yeah. should be.
1: It's it's but also guests I feel like don't care. They don't want to spend the time haggling for prices and stuff like that and yeah. and they've set aside a certain amount of money. So like All the power to the locals for getting those American dollars.
0: It brings up an interesting element, though, and this was something I noticed when I was doing the resort in Cuba. The town, I'm sure you know it, Veradero, um, is the resort town, Mm -hmm. and there was such a disparity of wealth around that town Like, anyone who lived in Veradero compared to every other Cuban or every other place we went in Cuba was, like, disproportionately wealthy. Yeah. Um, So in this case, like, if you're on Grand Cayman and you're living right by the port, Mm -hmm. you'll probably be more wealthy because you have access
1: to this market of tourism. Yeah. Grand Cayman is a little bit different because it's a British... Island, right. So everyone who lives in Grand Cayman is no, not everyone, but there's <laughs> Grand Cayman is a very rich island. Okay. <laughs> the least. So, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Really like, yeah. yeah,
0: anyone in those places, less um, wealthy. Yeah, like,
1: definitely in Mexico, in the like the places that you stop in Mexico and like places like that. Yeah. Yeah. There are different ways that you can get into a cruise port. There's like the dock right downtown, drop everybody off, which is in in a place like Cozumel is what happens. And then there's um, drop people off in, in a place that's a little bit further from downtown and people can sort of choose where they want to go. And then the third one is called tendering, which it means you there's the water is um, not deep enough for you to go all the way into port. So you have to get onto little tender boats, which usually hold anywhere between like 80 and 250 people. And they bring you in on these smaller boats. So a place like Belize does this. Belize, the tender boat, is about a 45-minute trip because there's a big giant reef. Right. Um, so what happens there is you can go to two different places. The people who want to go explore Belize and like the port go to one place. And all the people who are going on excursions go in a different area it's chaos to try to get off the ship it's the most i've ever been screamed at in my life that's an entirely different portion of it but in terms of like i kind of prefer that sort of setup because moving people to different places means that you're going to have less people in one in one spot so if you have everybody walking out the same set of doors and there's the entire city in front of them you're going to have that crowds whereas if everybody has to choose before they get off the ship where they're going you're going to have a 100 people choose this place 200 people choose this place a thousand people choose this place whatever so i think that that's a little bit less strain and um i think that that's a good idea for places who are thinking about like adding a cruise ship port i don't know i don't know if any of them are listening to this but um (laughs) that's that's my suggestion um Whereas it is a little bit more difficult when you pull four ships into the same downtown location all mm. within the same few hours. Of course, you're going to have thousands of people getting out those those same doors and walking around. But I also – I lived in New York and never went to Times Square because it was too crowded. Yeah. And, like, that's not a cruise ship thing. It's just a tourist thing. So I think that it's – you can't put all of the onus on just cruises because a lot of, like, Venice – there's gonna to be tourists, whether or not there are cruise ships in Venice mm-hmm. and um people tourists are out and about the same times most tourists like to go out between like ten and six or whatever is kind of like they're exploring time so mm-hmm. um I mean, it's kind of the way that the city has has organized that and and stuff like that, so yeah,
0: yeah, you touched on this a little bit already, but. Do you think there are countermeasures that can be taken, like, besides dropping people off in different areas?
1: Yeah. One thing I would love to see more for cruise lines is um, more working with local tour companies and kind of, like, offering um, more local experiences instead of instilling their own, like, we're going to create a zipline park. Like, instead, like, working with and trying to get people to do different things in different parts of of whatever country you're in, because I think a lot of times um, that could be um, not too expensive for people. A lot of the times when people get off the ship and are just walking around, it's because they want the cheapest option. So working more with locals to give people more options will help. And it's also going to bring more money into the local economy, which I think would be great as well. And as I said, like finding ways to not drop people off in the middle of an already busy area I think is like helpful to everyone so yeah
0: mm-hmm. and that's interesting I'm gonna bring up Venice again because that's somewhere where they're they are taking a countermeasure to change that mm-hmm. so from what I remember the ships would drop people off basically right by Piazza San Marco mm-hmm. and now they're building another port and I forget what the term you used was like they bring you in by boat tender tender yeah they're gonna tender people to this spot and then they'll have to walk to the island yeah so they'll be accessing the island from a different spot not directly because the problem with san marco is like that is the tourist epicenter so then if you suddenly dump hundreds of people there it's just overwhelming yeah so i see my sense is that that will make a big difference yeah definitely
1: um the other thing about that is is kind of um a sort of negative to tendering a little bit but it does um also mean less people get off the ship is there's accessibility issues with tendering because a lot of people who cruise are older and um getting onto the tender boats and stuff like that obviously is not as accessible as just being able to like go down a ramp onto a dock so um you do have a lot more people staying on the ship in tender ports than you do in ports where you can go right up to the dock
0: right yeah yeah so some of the countermeasures that i researched uh, for example Dubrovnik the amount of cruise ships allowed to dock every day has been capped and this seems to be the most common um, form of countermeasure is restrictions on the amount of cruise ships that mm-hmm. are being allowed um, so in Dubrovnik there's a maximum now per day and I guess um, cruise ships have to compete for that spot
1: yeah 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 so it's going to be the the more expensive cruises that are going to be there yeah yeah so it'll
0: make it less accessible by cruise
1: yeah i wonder um that one they're capping it by number of people right i think so i wonder if they're including crew in the in those numbers it'd be interesting i mean already you have smaller ships in europe than you do in the caribbean just because of the, the waterways they can't support the huge like Royal Caribbean ships that you see in the Caribbean, right. so um, they're already able to control their numbers a little bit more. I would I would be interested to see if in the coming years, if some of the Caribbean ports do something similar, because mm-hmm. um, some of them are building bigger docks and allowing for more people, and wow. because. And because Royal Caribbean and other cruise lines are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger ships, like I think there's a Royal Caribbean ship now that has like over five thousand guests on it. That's just guests. That's not even including crew. So, no. yeah, like that when that one pulls into town, there, that's oh. that like you can't help it. It's gonna increase. It also has like a skating rink in it, so. I
0: actually read somewhere that one of the complaints in Venice, and it's true, was that the ships were so large, they would block sunlight. Oh, yeah. So yeah. locals were like, I don't get the sun anymore. Yeah. Because a ship pulls in and suddenly the sun's gone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I did a little solo trip a couple of years ago where I went from uh, Colombia to Costa Rica. And I was on a sailboat for five days and from getting from Colombia to Panama and we were doing these like little islands that are in between there. And they had these like tiny little cruise ships with like a few hundred people on them. And still when they like pulled up to a nearby Island, our like little sailboat was like, well, we should leave because this is not going to be less peaceful and fun when they get here. So yeah. (laughs) Um, So I was
0: interested in looking at other countermeasures, like aside from cruise ships that are being taken um, to reduce the impact of over tourism. So in Amsterdam, for example, tourist taxes are being introduced to offset the influx of visitors Mm -hmm. so I think
1: right now they're pitching around 10 euro per person per day yeah we're seeing that now because my family's booking airbnbs and it's even like every airbnb it's like by the way you're gonna have to pay this when you get here and do you know how you pay it is it at the airport um I it I'm not sure because the like it says right on the airbnb thing like we've added it to like so I don't know if it's like per if there's like a per night something I don't know how right they
0: might factor in yeah
1: if you're staying in a hostel or Airbnb or yeah. hotel
0: yeah that would make sense I was kind of peeved because I have so much family in the Netherlands yeah. so I was like do I have to pay this tax like yeah. when I go to Amsterdam and don't really because s- I don't stay in the city I stay like, yeah. on the outskirts with family yeah um yeah so I was like I don't know the logistics of this might be hard but yeah it would it, make sense to factor it into paying for your night
1: yeah and it, it's it's like I see why they're doing it. It makes traveling less accessible to, le- to less people because you need to have more income Sorry. on, like, to be able to pay those fees. So that makes me sad because yeah. I think that um, a lot of younger people have the energy to backpack and all of that stuff but might not have money to be paying $10 everywhere that they go. That's yeah. super touristy. So yeah.
0: yeah, and it's interesting you bring that up because when I backpacked to Europe, I was – like barely 20 and the amount of money I needed to survive for a day was like a quarter of what it is now. Yeah, yeah I could I wouldn't be able to afford to do it now yeah um so the island in Boracay in Philippines was closed to tourists for six months because that island um needed to rehabilitate its ecosystem um this has also happened in Thailand so I guess that's another big concern I will touch on it a little bit, like the issue of environmentalism and cruise ships and the impact that they're having. Um, But we're actually going to be doing an episode on environmentalism and travel. So we're only going to briefly touch on that today. Yeah, so this is what I found online about it. So according to articles from Vox and Slate, their heavy and growing use of fossil fuels means that someone on a seven-day cruise produces the same amount of emissions that they would during 18 days on land which is pretty extreme. Um, Ships can damage fragile ocean ecosystems due to practices like irresponsible disposal of sewage. CO2 emissions double on a ship compared to what the average North American generates in emissions on land at home. Slate compared the amount of emissions that a person would generate on a seven-day cruise from Miami to Grand Cayman versus flying from Miami to Grand Cayman and just spending a week in a resort. Um, And a cruise's overall impact is considerably more. Um, With that said, cruising companies have acknowledged this, and many of them are working towards more sustainable cruising.
1: Um, So, yeah, what was your experience, like, on ship? Well, they they preach a lot of environmental stuff on the ship, um, of like what they're doing. Right. Um, I was, went onto ships in 2013, 2014 was when I was on there. And, um, I think they started a lot of these stats and looking more into it a little bit before that. So they had already started on my cruise line with all of, like the measures to try to reduce. So we heard about like Ways they, they separate all the water into, um, like, gray water. I don't even remember the levels. It's, like, gray water, dark water, and clear water or whatever. So that they can uh, control what they're, like, sending back into the ocean and what they oh. need to bring to, like, other places and what they can reuse and all of that stuff. So right. I knew about all of that. There's... Um, they just started initiatives on a few cruise lines to, I don't think it was on mine yet, but to donate unused food so that there would be less food waste. And so we heard about kind of like that sort of stuff. We weren't really involved in it, obviously, like I was in an entertainment, um, so I wasn't really involved in their environmental measures, but it seemed, it seemed like it was, it was in their best interest as well to do those things, like using less like fuel or whatever is cheaper for them. So like, why wouldn't they want to do that? And, and stuff like, I'm actually surprised that they haven't taken advantage of like solar power and stuff like that. Cause like you're on the ocean. There's like, especially for Caribbean ships, I feel like that's like free energy that you're not using. Yeah. Um, but the stat about um, the comparing the trip to Grand Cayman versus um, cruising, I think, is a little bit skewed because um, there is no such thing as a cruise that just goes to Grand Cayman and then goes back. True. It's going to stop in other countries on the way. It's it's not the same as being dropped off in an all inclusive. So I think that if you took if each of those guests took the same trip planes each way and like stayed in hotels each way would probably be closer to even or even more on the side of cruises being more like environmental but yeah it's it's hard for me to say too because there's this thing in the media where they don't like they like to to, like tell these big stories about cruises and that they're not safe and that everybody gets sick all the time and like (laughs) every few months you hear this story and you're like why why are you like this is not how it is i'm literally on the ship right now and like you're making it sound like there's, like, an epidemic of whatever. And so, um yeah, there's a lot of, like, sensationalizing of, of yeah. cruises. So um, I see that side of it. But also, it is a big, giant ship that's holding 5,000 people. Yeah, I'm assuming that it's going to have, like, lots of carbon emissions and
0: yeah. all that. And that's yeah. so true. Like, when you put it that way, and, and this is the reality of traveling by plane, flying is awful for the environment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It really is. Yeah. And so, yeah, in that sense, like... Maybe a cruise isn't that much worse, if even.
1: Yeah, well, I did I did look it up, and uh, Carnival started um, like they wanted to reduce their carbon emissions by twenty five percent by twenty twenty, and they actually achieved that in two thousand seventeen, and they've surpassed that now. Wow! And they've increased their ships by like ten more, and still have reduced those numbers. So awesome! Um, I feel I feel like they are trying, and Carnival owns basically every cruise line except for Royal Caribbean and Norwegian is owned by Carnival. So it's a lot. It's a lot. It's over 200 ships. Wow. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, this is what I found online. Um, According to traveler.com, many ships are moving away from the traditionally heavy fuels to alternative technologies. So for example, marine gas oil or liquefied natural gas. And they're also coming up with new hull designs that are reducing drag on the ship, which will reduce the amount of fuel that's used. So some companies are looking at their supply chain and sourcing sustainable fish, free-range eggs, and locally sourced produce. Cruise lines are increasingly working with communities, particularly in remote parts of the world, to design itineraries that showcase cultures and reduce impacts. So that ties back to what you were saying about um, tapping into like local guides and, like, local travel companies instead of creating their own. Yeah,
1: and the also... Uh, another thing, too, is when cruises, like, go into new ports, they they have, a, like, ownership of that kind of, like, area. So when disaster strikes sometimes, they're really good at going in and helping. Like, Carnival donated two of their ships during Katrina for students and people who had been displaced to live on for several months before they got their, wow. like, homes back. So And they've gone into, like places that have had like hurricanes and tsunamis and stuff like that in other places because that's part of their income too right like so and they they do like to give back to those communities if something happens so there's also that part of it too wow that's good to hear
0: well overall i must say like i'm a little bit into the cruising idea now (laughs) like i'm not totally against it maybe when i'm retired
1: yeah yeah i think when you're uh when you're done like wanting to plan your own trip and you're ready to like just go and relax and let someone else take care of it i feel like a cruise is a good option yeah it also is a pretty economical option is it because it brings you to several countries for like the price of what you would get for one
0: Um, how much would it cost
1: uh you can do a week cruise for if you get it during like a good discounty kind of time like seven eight hundred bucks for like an (gasps) interior cabin and that that no way yeah that includes your food um on the ship Whoa,
0: I thought they were like thousands of dollars. There
1: are cruises that are thousands okay. of dollars. But um, but I can the, do a cheapy cruise. Yeah, like go on a carnival cruise. Cruises, uh, carnival, this is like the sort of not nice name for it, but carnival is known as like the Walmart of cruises because <laughs> they're the, the cheapest option. Um, and then Royal Caribbean is kind of like the next up. And then you go all the way up into your like princess cruises and the Queen Mary too. And all of those that are way more expensive. Right. Um, but it, it is a rel- relatively like cheap vacation, which is why a lot of people do it.
0: I, I don't know why I thought they were so expensive. I might actually do one. No, yeah, yeah. I just feel like I would feel a little suffocated like being stuck on a ship and having times to
1: be places. You have to you have to jump in with both feet on a cruise and like accept that this is kind of like the type of vacation you're going to have. And then it can be amazing. Hmm. And I think you have to give up the fact that like you're not going to be able to have the import, like in like in-the-country experiences that you would have traveling on your own, especially for someone like you, who's used to going to places for an extended amount of time. Like Mm -hmm. you have to pick kind of one thing to do in every port and you're not going to feel like you've been to that country in in the way that you you're probably used to traveling. Yeah,
0: we talked about this. So we did an episode on Cuba where we talked about this and that was the only time I've ever been in an all-inclusive resort Mm -hmm. and it was completely different, obviously, than like traveling Cuba was. But this is something that like my partner and I talk about a lot is we travel, but like when we travel, we go hardcore. We Mm -hmm. don't sleep a lot. We get up early. Yeah, it's a trip, not a vacation. It's intense. And so sometimes we're like, it'd be really nice just to go and just like give in to the fact that we're not traveling like this is vacation. Yeah. And so that's why I'm interested in a cruise because it's cheap and we can just go and chill out. Yeah. And And not be... Travelers, yeah,
1: and if you your kind of like trip brain comes in and you're like, oh my god, I can't just sit and read a book all day. There's gonna be other options for you, yeah. Whereas I feel like at an inclus- inclusive all inclusive, a lot of times during the day, unless you want to like go out on a jet ski, like you, they're expecting you to just sit on the beach all day. Yeah, so I actually got so bored. Yeah, a cruise does so not, ex- yeah, so cruise does not expect that of you at all. Sweet, there's literally someone who's paid at between the hours of eight a.m. to. One in the morning, at least one person every single day to make sure you're having fun and give you something to do. So, and just look up a bunch of random facts and go play trivia it's entertaining on That's multiple levels
0: so fun Did you get you... to
1: win little trophies people love them they're little ships and they say the name of uh, on carnival and they say the name of the ship on them and people collect them people go on try to go on all the carnival ships and win one trophy on each <laughs> ship By and they, they try to bribe you by the end of the week if they haven't won one they'll be like I'll give you $20 for a ship and you're like it's plastic why do you want it so bad
0: yeah I could totally get sucked in two crews I think yeah yeah um, hold on, there was something funny I wanted to ask. Oh yeah, did you ever become like really
1: good friends with guests? Were there like um, guests that you jive with? I had a couple experiences where guests added me to Facebook and I don't know how they found out my last name. That's
0: creepy. And
1: like, yeah, like I would have a really good time on ships with them, on the ship with them. And there's one of the best things about working, especially in the entertainment department, is you have people coming up to you. If you've done a good job and you've like whatever, you have people coming up to you at the end of the week saying, you made my vacation, which is amazing. And I would get given gifts and, like, sometimes people would bring me a bottle of wine and say, like, oh, as a karaoke host, you, like, made this vacation for us. Or one time I had a story of a couple who just got married and they both, this, so it was their honeymoon, but they both lost their jobs, so they had no money. So they had already paid for this cruise, so they were like, we're not leaving the ship the whole week, we're only able to do the stuff that, like, we prepaid for. Mm -hmm. But, like, we've been so stressed out cause we both lost our jobs within the last like few months and we got married and that's expensive. But they're like, you guys have made this week so stress-free and so fun for us. So like, thank you. Cause we really like needed it.
0: I feel like I've done a full turnaround on like being very critical of t- cruises and now I'm like yeah oh, this is it. like
1: as I was saying like the media seems to not like cruise ships for some reason and <laughs> yeah. every single story they tell is very very negative so like when I was on a cruise ship one of the things you're always talking about is like why did do, why does NBC hate carnival so much or why does this news light hate us <laughs> like <laughs> uh,
0: well thank you so much for coming on this has been such an enlightening discussion no problem I, had fun. I think I've learned so much that I did not know
1: I'm always happy to educate people on the cruising life
0: Tell us more about your podcast. Where can we find it to listen?
1: Uh, we are on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, as well as um, at www.thisispubhub.com. There's a link there as well, and um, girthradio.com as well. Awesome. Um, thank you, Katie, for making us sound so
0: great. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Instagram at, at alpaca my bags pod or our website, which is alpacamybags.ca. And if you like what you're hearing, please let us know by reviewing the podcast. Um, it also helps us if you subscribe and tune in every other Wednesday for more episodes. I hope y'all get to alpaca your bags soon. Until next time.